Broadcasting from the heart of downtown Hollywood. This is SoFloRadio.com. Look, the people you are after are the people you depend on. We cook your meals. We haul your trash. We connect your calls. We drive your ambulances. We guard you while you sleep. Do not fuck with us. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Groovathon, yet Golden Anniversary Edition. Golden, I, I, I know, the shock and amazia. Hi, of course, I'm Tony C, and as always, I'm joined live in the studio by the master of engineering production, the man who makes sure that our groove is sad. He's smooth, he's Grandmaster Flash, better known as... Doing great. Yo, a couple of weeks. Check it out. 50 shows, bro. I know. 50. Like nothing. Like nothing. 50. 50 shows. 50 shows. I don't, you know, I knew you're, you had more confidence in this shit than I ever yeah, yeah. Nothing. And nothing. Like falling off a log. <laughs> literally, literally falling off a log. Of course, every group of Don. And you know what? After 50 shows, I couldn't, I can't be more sincere about this than I am right now because it. I've got a huge attitude, gratitude, so mucho mahalo to everybody that is tuning in and downloading here in America and around the world, y'all. Got, got, some, got some fans around the world, man. Yes, you do. We took an extra week. It's summer. It's summer. It's summer break. I took the yeah, really. You know, and I was in New York, and it is hot. It is ridiculous outside. It's just insane, man. You walk, I told you this earlier. Yeah. I went down to get some water. You walk out, and it saps the energy right out of you. I mean, immediately. That heat is just... Yes, it is. Ugh. Hard to catch your breath when you're uh, underwater. Yeah, it really does. Breathing steam uh, just uh, doesn't uh, doesn't do the trick. Yeah, well, I was in New York. It's one of the reasons I, you know, we took that extra... I took that extra week off. I'll have, uh, obviously, tales of that to recount. You know, it's... it's uh, you know, I was talking with you earlier. It's about the difference between show number one and show number 50 and stuff like that. You know, the way the show has evolved. And now I have to go through all the shows. I'm going to need an intern like Kramer, you know, from Kramerica. Right. I need... So I'm going to have to literally go through every show now and start documenting because you, as a radio pro, you you know that when you do a show, right. you have to keep it keep, up. Keep I, I didn't really do that. I just kind of did the show and said, all right, what's next? Well, now it occurs to me i got to start doing stuff. In any event, lots of stuff to get to today. Um, let me see. What do we got today? Well, Esquire Magazine jumped on the Tony C. bandwagon because yeah, they, they're listening. They're tuning in. They're tuning in. God bless them. Uh, what else? Blagojevich, got to stay where he belongs. Uh, Big Florida Money is going to be committed to making sure pot ain't legalized. And a little bit later on, uh, as you did just for a minute or two when I was over at your place earlier, you are going to school me on the lunacy of South Florida politicians and yeah. they are and their rampant hypocrisy, which right. for you is, yeah, that's literally Easy. like falling right. off a log. Sure, yeah, I can, I can do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I figured you could. Of course, all of that's going to be surrounded by two hours of the greatest, most diverse group anywhere. On the air, and baby, I span the globe. A genre. The show is a genre. And yeah, got another word. Do you use a special restroom when you're a genre? I don't. You know, <laughs> do they have well a, done. Another one. Uh, Nicely done. Well done. You I got get a, an initial. Now what? Uh, I've got a new word, and I've got a slogan. I've got a slogan. Stop people. I've got a slogan. Stop people using their cell phones while while driving. I think I got one. The kids are going to do it just past two o'clock. The only Hollywood, Hollywood that matters anymore. That's right, it's Hollywood, Florida. That means it is just past 8 o'clock in the morning on the Big Island. Big shout-out to the Ocean View crew in Oka'u. Just past 7 o'clock in Western Europe. Shout-out to Lism St. Anne's crew 
on that blessed plot. Very special shout out to Celeste, who is now in Lisbon, Portugal. And thank God, not in Istanbul, Turkey. You about ready to kick this puppy I'm off? Ready. Saddle up and stick around. It's the Groove Don on SoFloRadio.com.
Let's Somebody asked me to leave. We walked to the door together, and I said, Bye, everybody, I gotta go. Six bouncers hurled me out of a nightclub like I was a frisbee. Those big old bouncers that go home every night, watch Roadhouse, and beat off. You know what I'm talking about? Patrick Swayze's hitting another guy. <laughs> 
for wearing a hat. I walk into a bar with a hat on. This guy real pissy he goes, took off the hat! I'm like, what's the deal? He goes, I'll tell you what the deal is. Faggots in this area wear hats. We're trying to keep them out of a club. I'm like, oh, really? The only way we can tell down south is if they have their hair cut like your... And he got all pissed. <laughs> but he walked away, and I took the hat off, and like an hour later, I'd been drinking, and I forgot. You ever forget? It happened to me. I put the hat back on. The guy comes over to me. Now, I'm between 6'1 and 6'6, depending on which convenience store I'm leaving. I weigh 235 pounds. This guy comes over to me, poking me in the shoulder with two fingers, says, You're out of here. I'm like, I don't think so, Scooter. And I was wrong. <laughs> they hurled my ass. And then they squared off with me in the parking lot, and I backed down from the fight, because I don't know how many of them it would have taken to whip my ass. But I knew how many they were going to use. <laughs> it's a handy little piece of information to have right there. Overkill. Well, he called the police because we broke a chair on the way out the door and I refused to pay for it. And the cops showed up and at that point I had the right to remain silent, but I didn't have the ability. <laughs> the cop says, Mr. White, you are being charged with drunk in public. I was like, hi, 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 hi. I was drunk in a bar. They threw me into public. I don't want to be drunk in public. I want to be drunk in a goddamn bar, which is perfectly legal. Arrest them. Well, he didn't arrest them. Instead, they call in for my arrest record. There's some good news. Satellites are linking up in outer space. Computer banks at NASA are kicking on. There's a telegraph in Fritch, Texas going... This part takes a while. Shorthand. Now, I told you that story to tell you this story. When I was 17 years old, I was arrested for being drunk in public. Seemed to be a pattern. If you knew Morse code, you would already know that. And one DWI, which was a bogus charge, because it turns out they were stopping every vehicle traveling down that particular sidewalk. And that's profiling. I believe. And the drunken public charge and Fritch, the arresting officer, who I had literally known all my life. You know what I mean? This guy lived four doors down from me in a town of less than 400 people. We've met. <laughs> he takes me to jail. When we get there, he asks me if I have any aliases, and I was just being a smart ass and said, yeah. 
They call me Tater Salad. <laughs> Seventeen years later in New York City, I'm handcuffed on a bench with blood coming out of my nose. And this cop goes, are you Ron Tater Salad, White? <laughs> you caught me. You caught the tater. You can take down those roadblocks now. Yo, G-Rap, since we didn't make no records in a long time, why don't you show these rap sap suckers what kind of rhymes you got? Money? Rhymes. Here's the solution. Smoking so bad, I'm a cause of pollution. With satisfaction, bad assassin, fatal attraction. Drop it to an improper fraction. Ill insanity, kill like amity. Real horror is I wipe out humanity. We'll leave a path for track and trail to trace. But when you're staring inside of a mirror, you see my face and I'll terrify. So don't ever try to shake a bake or flake, cause I never fry. Let us together, slides and fives clever than never. Till the ducks write rhymes with feathers. Needed no needles and needed to eject this dope. Cause I'm a death witch, not even five hopes. Rhymes are rugged, so flooded, cold-blooded You ain't better, your brothers are just shut Get up a form, having a brainstorm Make a rainform, how rap groups run To keep the name warm Putting heads to Freddy by like Freddy So get ready, cause I'ma get crazy out of crazy Eddie I'm alone, but my tone is a sharp tune Developing pictures in your brain like a dark room Rappers are captured and tortured with rapture In 3D, it's a tree coming at ya Birds on my rap, who's a puzzle like Cracker Jacks Dig on my sugar smacks, so write on my gaffer jacks Brother, sister, this is a mister My style is complicated, patterns like a twister my shadow grows when I walk slow Nerves are scared to be heard so they talk low But I've been urging to drill in your brain like a surgeon Rhymes are dipping the pussy you up like a surgeon More competitors, change the challenger You need to talk to a mic with a silencer My defeat is like a mission impossible My brain is unexplained, not logical Tip for a passing pace to assassinate Pussing your ass so fast it'll fascinate You try to duplicate, get up to date Can't wait to be my pick-dollar paper mate The innovator with greater data, deeper than a crater Of course, for those the force of the cross fader my rhymes are airborne, stage is torn and wrapped My murderer gears on, moving ahead, never back It's not a bloodshed, nothing is sad It's dead heads are dead G-Rap managing styles, taking all the advantages Putting something rap for advantages I got a pot so hot, it'll tan I might be cool, but I'm far from a fan Letting you know how it is in showbiz Give me a quiz and I'ma show you what G-Rap the 
place to see the entertainer. My rhymes keep me fresh like a container. Some rappers said, my rap is dead. Shake your head to my face like a face head. Still be plush yet. In the meat shop, those are beef gifts, lights in the pork chops. Until your fork stops, stab in my rhymes. From the latest and the greatest of four times. Sleep while you knock Z's. I'm a clock G's. Freeze rap heroes below zero degrees. Rhymes like T's. With these enemies, they want a PG like the PG's. Now we're PG. We break next like sex. Rated XXX. Yes, Dr. Butcher. If you are recommend, DJ Polo, let the record spin. Listen, cause I'm building a skyscraper For a strong foundation of wheels of steel Not a real to real, but the real deal Polo is the crossfader, he's a brake layer In a record player, turns like the Himalaya Dr. Butcher, supplies the cement In the rough that I invent, it's a blueprint While I'm using my mind to make a design Polo, what's up, the men at work sign Yeah, we're still building, making a skeleton One of the sucker MCs, just selling So take caution, if you wanna know the truth I'ma elevate you up to the roof Listen to the sound Don't tear us down, cause you're far from the ground Now you're impressed, cause words I manifest Takes you more higher, cause that's the Budapest Hard as concrete, the building's complete Yo, Marley, Marley, let's stop the breakthrough What I want to tell you, we're so happy you invited us into your home And we'd like to play a few songs for you right now Enjoy them as much as we enjoy bringing them to you. Yeah. I said,
Flaming Groovies for you right there. Love, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Love, have mercy. That's from their first release. Basically, their only uh, release on a major label, to the best of my knowledge. The album's called Super Snaz. came out in 69. Uh, and after that, they, they they were on like all these smaller independent labels. They came out with a bunch of stuff. They've got 16 different albums entitled Slow Death. <laughs> yeah, slow Death Live, Slow Death This. It's, you know, so they're all worth it. Before that, Cool G Rap, DJ Polo, Men at Work. That's from their first... Uh, CD Road to Riches. Uh, Marley Marl produced that puppy right there. Some great stuff came out of the entire. Marley Marl really in the uh, the mid to late eighties just put out and and produced so much great stuff. Before that, something we enjoy. Little Ron White, we love it. It was very funny. It's funny Ron stuff. White. I I like to be, you know when you hear somebody with that accent say I got kicked out of a bar in New York. Right. You know it's going to be a good story. Thrown, thrown, thrown out of a hurled like a frisbee. Before that, yeah, we had a good mix in there. That was the Temptation Psychedelic Shack from their 1970 album, Psychedelic Shack. Now, that was after David Ruffin had left the band. So Eddie Kendrick is still in there. All, of course, you know, the, the vocals are done by the Temptations. All of the instruments, of course, done by the legendary Funk Brothers, who did basically half the songs you love right. from the Motown era. It's the Funk Brothers. It's those guys. And I mixed that with the Tahuna Breaks. Funky Mama, that is Tahuna Breaks Live number 10. That came out last year in 2015. And kicking off the set, don't know how I haven't gotten around to playing these guys yet. The Damned, New Rose from Damn, Damn, Damned. And, you know, not exactly the most original title in the world. That one came out in 77. And some friends of mine uh, went on tour with them in England when they were on. They had the Damned to come out with uh, Phantasmagoria, I believe was the title of that. That CD is some interesting. As a matter of fact, one of the people that was on that tour I just uh, got together with the New York. I'm going to be talking about some of my New York stuff a little later on. Damn, damn. I don't know. What what was that? Uh, I I slipped. You slipped? (laughs) That's going to stay in the show. You're not editing that out later. I'm keeping that for posterity. I'm going to hold that. When you get that, I'm going to be like, you remember that? That was actually you you coming back at us. (laughs) So, um, you know, I'm not even going to bother talking about the Zika virus. Why bother? (laughs) I just don't have. Um, I don't have it in me. 
Yeah, there's when, it, when it gets up here, when we oh, first reported case in Hollywood, I'm going to walk around uh, dressed like a beekeeper. <laughs> you know, that's all. I'm just like, whatever. Here we go again with something. It's always something. Get your own. You know where you make a fortune? What? Hazmat suits. Yeah. So your own hazmat suit. Gonna, uh, let me see what else we got in here. Um, I came up with a word. Now, this is a word I think I've come up with before, but now I've got the proper definition of it. And the word is supercalifragilistic ketoacidosis. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wrong word. 30 some odd letters. And it's defined as when an alcoholic with diabetes decides to go on a hunger strike because all the things that lead to ketoacidosis are um, diabetes, alcoholism, and starvation. So when you combine all those, it's supercalifragilistic ketoacidosis. Wow. Yes. So we've got that. The other word that I heard recently, and this is a real word, which I thought was interesting because it was brought up uh, in relation to how um, uh, Fox News in particular basically gets stuff out there that has no basis in truth. And the word is paralipsis, paralipsis. Okay. Okay. And it's bringing something up without bringing something up. You're bringing it up without bringing it up. Okay. The intimation of it is right. what leads to the discussion. This is how things like this is how how Fox News basically does stuff. What they do is they find, you know, some whack job out there proposing some sort of ridiculous conspiracy theory, and they say, "You mean like the guy that was pretending to be the CIA agent that was on there for like twenty years yes. as an expert that uh, is in prison but right no, now even for beyond that, no, 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 like that." Beyond that, even it's it's beyond that. It's it's literally what they do is they're going to go out, they find some whack job blogger, somebody with no bona fides whatsoever, just some guy, and he comes up with you know whatever the craziest conspiracy theory is, and then what they do is they say, well, you know, it's out there. We're not saying it. We're just reporting that somebody else has said it. So they don't say not only has somebody else said it, but this person has zero credibility. But we thought we'd make a joke out of it. No, they're not. They take it. They put it out there because they know that there are a lot of whack jobs out there. They're going to take it seriously. And or not really give a shit whether it's the truth because no. what it does, it fits their ideological sure. memeathon. Right. So that's in there. The other thing I was thinking about this week, I, I said this one to you, and you you actually thought this was not bad for a way to you know a slogan to kind of keep uh, kids from not using their cell phones. Oh yes, while they're driving, and the slogan is "If you check it." You could wreck it. That's a good one. I like that's that. Better yeah. than the one that I had, which I won't talk about on the air. Because it's not. Yeah, it's just it's horrible. It's just a horrible. I think that one. Horrible idea. I, I like yours. One, Let's go with yours. I think that one may have some legs, you know, because that whole expression. Yo, check it yeah. before you wreck it. Mine isn't for the public. They can't handle my, my ideas. <laughs> yeah, it'll make their heads explode. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that one, though. I, I, I like yours. I gave that some thought, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? It's short enough. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it, it can fit on a bumper sticker. Okay, sure. Once you get it out there, it, you know, it's the kind of thing you put down on a bumper sticker. I don't think they'll listen, though. I think we're doomed. They're gonna, we're going to be killed. Drives we're all going to be killed. It literally makes the me crazy. The last person on earth will be the last texting driver that kills the second to last texting driver. <laughs> because they're going to kill well, us. Well, I thought up. it was interesting. Your, your, uh, yeah. your way of yeah. dealing with this, you know, with, mm. like, with the guy. The, the, the road warrior. The yeah. road warrior mentality, yes. Sure. You know. You're allowed your road road rage. Go with it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> road road rage. I mean, For I don't, profit. I don't want to be the only person not raging out there. <laughs> <laughs> not only will I feel left out. You, yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, that's yeah. no. That's really being left out. Yeah. What else came up? Well, we had uh, some of the things I noticed as well. Bogoyevich. This is one of those things that kind of got me to think of because uh, Illinois Governor or ex Illinois Governor Rob Bogoyevich. Yes. Um, basically, and his famous had, haircut. Yes. And uh, he, um, you know, and, you know, the guy who tried to sell a Senate seat. 
Yes. Yeah, put it up for auction, so to speak. Hey, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Which, well, which, you know, which they are anyway. Yeah, but I was going to say, he just happened to get caught. <gasps> That's the difference between him sure. and somebody else. He just got caught. But he, of course, you know, he's got some money behind him because, you know, he made all that money selling. There's, a, there's a script you have to follow, you know, in this game of charades, oh, political yeah. charades. Well, like there's I said, whole, you know, know, if you want to if you want to get on a D.C. Serengeti, man, that's big time. That's yeah. a show, motherfucker. And so he, of course, while he's been in jail, like all these guys who have tons and tons of money, they keep their 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 legal team on the job. And mm-hmm. their hope, I guess, is to just eventually get out through attrition if they just keep bringing up. You know, thing after thing after thing and, and, and appeal after appeal after appeal and try and find the one little thing that they got wrong to have the case thrown out. Well, in this particular case, they couldn't find it, so the judge sent him right back to jail. But it got me to thinking that this is one of those things where poor people mm. don't have – don't they can't do this. Right. Okay. right. This is one of those things that, that truly shows us how our legal system favors – Wealthy people. Right. It is completely and utterly slanted towards wealthy people. And as I said a long time ago, I was writing about uh, pot, you mm. know, and why I didn't think it should be legalized nationally, period. Okay. And I'm going to get to something about that in a second. Two things, as a matter of fact. But, you know, I said every time I look at uh, Lady Justice, it's like the scales are just a little more tilted than they were the time mm. before. Yeah. And now the blindfold's thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. Because mm-hmm. the whole point is that she's not blind. Okay, she is blindfolded. Right. Okay, but as it gets thinner and thinner, she's starting to get a look at the shit out there, baby. Yeah. yeah. She can see what she's doing. Now, so that kind of you know, and and to me, when I heard about this thing with Bogoyevich, I was like, Jesus Christ, man. Okay, you got caught. Shut up and do your time. No, if I've got money, I'm gonna just hire a legal team to just appeal and appeal and appeal and appeal ad infinitum. This guy from Virginia, the governor from Virginia, they finally threw out his case. They finally found an appellate judge to throw out this guy's case. And the the, the point the judge made was that, you know what, even though this kind of thing is terrible, what mm. this guy, he was basically, you know, taking gifts from some pharmaceutical guy. He got the car. He got right. gifts for his wife. What mm-hmm. the judge said was, yeah, but it's the same thing as everybody else is doing. Right. And, like, that was that was the rationale oh, for throwing law. out his that's case. Or is that, lack is that in the law? Jeez. I, just, I, I, I see stuff like that and it just, I don't know. So what else do we have? Well, there was an interesting article that I caught um, because when I, you know, it's funny, is on this page, you know, remember the, the article that I wrote about it, I said it was a, a BDSM tale of love going awry between El Chapo and uh, Dale Carnegie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, in this, they have, here's a related story, El Chapo and the, and the secret history of heroin crisis in this story about, which says, why do we always compare smoking weed to drinking alcohol? And of course, I said that we shouldn't. That right. You, you can't compare them that, you know, and then of course I went on to compare them, be, you know, but at least I, I pointed out mm. my own hypocrisy within the, within yes. the, you know, the entire thing. And what this person who is Sarah Rents, this is from Esquire, came out. I guess a week ago, it came on the 15th. Um, basically, she said that we'd be better off. It was a, a new study in the Journal of Drug Issues. That's the name. <laughs> I know. We're having fun with this one. We're having a comeback contest. Yes, and I'm winning. Yes, I know. We really are. Yeah, I know. You're, you're way ahead on this one. I've got my little thing on now. I was yeah. like, wow, man. Did they stole my diary. Can I subscribe <laughs> to this journal? I know. Like, subscribe. Contributor. I, I, I know. A contributing editor. Um, uh, it uh, indicates comparing marijuana more closely to cigarettes would be more useful practice. And then with this, they go I, I on. I would not. 
Yeah, well, here's the thing. What they do is they do it all by statistics. And as I've said before, um, you know, I had a province stat professor who said statistics are like a lady's skirt. They show you some of the facts, but not all of them. Okay. I also had an English professor who said that an essay should be like a lady's skirt. It should be short enough, long enough to cover the subject, but short enough to still be interesting. That's nice. That's a great. That's a great line. Yeah, I mean, look, I you know, my entire education was based on com- comparing various things to ladies' skirts, and sure. I turned out okay. <laughs> All righty then. That's so what they're doing is they, and basically, there. it's an entire thing um, where it's like, uh, let me see, uh, cigarette users with less than a high school education make up twenty percent of all adult cigarette smokers. Marijuana users with less than a high school education make up nineteen percent of marijuana users. Cigarette users. Um, making less than 20,000 annually account for 27% of all cigarette use. Marijuana users making under 20,000 account for 29%. So it was all statistics. It's all mm. pure numbers, and they're saying we should, we should compare it to that. No, wrong, no, you're wrong. No, 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 wrong, 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 wrong. Don't use statistics to compare it to things. Use it on its own as, a, as, a, as an individual entity, okay, unilaterally, okay, look at it, as opposed to comparing it to other pleasurable vices, I guess, would be, you know, gambling, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever, that have the potential to be damaging. Because we went into this, you know, there's, it's less damaging than alcohol. I don't know. Talk talk to an, talk to somebody with emphysema, see how they feel. Yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. You talk to them. Yeah, I, right. If they could yeah. talk, if That's they can, right. in fact, talk in between, like, their breathing mask thing, said the guy who, you know, mm-hmm. smoked a fucking pack Stop and half smoking. a day for 25 years. Yeah. Um, it's a other, bad value. <laughs> right, <laughs> added value. So the other one was uh, Publix. Era. Publix is the uh, supermarket, the big supermarket. Here, my favorite supermarket of all the supermarket chains I've had to yeah. deal with living all over yeah. the country. Yeah. Publix is far away because they're, to you know, to a great degree, they're owned by right. their employees. Employee owned, absolutely. Yeah, yes. and my Publix is great. My Publix. Yeah. On, shout out to my Publix on Military Trail of Southwest Tenth. These guys are great. They treat me great. They've got good food. When I go in and ask. For something that's not there, mm-hmm. they like, they're, they're mm-hmm. on it. I'm all over the, the Publix's here. Yeah, they're I think great. they're fantastic. Yeah. It's a great supermarket. And the headline is, Publix heiress gives 800000 to fight medical marijuana. And one of they're right. doing, what she's doing is basically saying, I don't want it here in America. Amendment 2 would allow doctors to prescribe marijuana for what it calls, quote, debilitating medical conditions, including cancer, HIV, epilepsy, PTSD. A similar amendment failed in 2014 with Barnett's Trust this is uh, – the lady is uh, – what is her name again? Hang on, hang on. Uh, Carol Jenkins Barnett. Um, she's the daughter of the founder of Publix Supermarket right. Chain. And she donated 540000 to feed it back then. And um, now there is going to be uh, – so at the moment, um, only Floridians who have access to medical marijuana and children with severe, with severe epilepsy are prescribed low-THC version of it. Um Barnett, 59, has early onset Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. Okay, the lady, and is and resigned from the company's board last month. Right. Publix says that her donation has nothing to do mm-hmm. and does not reflect right. company policy. Quote, she feels that Amendment 2 would usher in an unprecedented era of legalized marijuana in Florida, as opposed to only helping those who suffer from debilitating illnesses. Okay, and that's what the company said. About her donation. Sure. Okay. And guess what? That's yeah, good. Well, right. for one thing, she's right. It would. It would enter in that if you legalize right. it, then it's then, legal. Then, then now it's legal. we're right. off to the races. Right. 
Okay. My problem isn't, as I've stated before, my problem is not with states legalizing it. My problem is when the federal government legalizes it and you then allow the big boys to come to town. Because if it's, it, all it has to do is be illegal in one state and the mm. big boys can't play. The big boys can't play. Okay, they can't do it because they're going to have to have the fear of their product being sold in a state where it's not allowed. And now it gets back to them. But once it is made legal by the federal government, okay, at that point, Lorillard, okay, all the tobacco companies, they're in pharmaceutical Mm. companies, they're in Monsanto. They'll be controlling the sour diesel and pineapple seed stock within years, within yeah. a couple of years, because what they will do is develop strains that have certain diseases that can only be stopped by their their chemicals. And mm. so the strain resistant, the the uh, disease resistant strains will, will be from their seed stock. I mean, do you really want Monsanto controlling your sour diesel seed stock? I know I don't. No, I'd rather not. Okay, I'd rather not. So that's my problem with it. And this lady is basically saying, I don't want it there. And the, um, it's... Uh, the campaign manager for United Care, which is le- leading the legalization campaign, says he thinks she's wasting her money, but it isn't time. But it isn't time for potheads to get up in arms and boycott Publix just yet. I'm still shopping at Publix. Let's put it that way. He tells the New Times. Well, me too. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I I'm like shopping Publix. at the Publix supermarket I like the most. I don't. <clears throat> I don't group one of those things with the other. It's not <clears throat> like they're. It's not like they've got an anti-gay campaign. What do you want me to do? Shop at Winn Dixie like a redneck? Yeah, that's not yeah, happening. That, no, I that, used to that, shop that, at Winn Dixie. Me too. I did my time. I did beef people. No. Yeah, I no. did. I already did that. Nick Famir. No there's more. only one thing that I like about Winn Dixie that they, there's a one thing they've got there that they somehow they, they don't have at Publix, and that's Jiffy Pop. And I'm I'm do really. What? I thought they didn't make it anymore. They do, and you can buy it at Winn Dixie. And every once in a while, I find myself in a, in a uh, you know in a place where there's Winn Dixie, like in one of these strip yeah. malls, and I say to myself. Go in and stock up. I actually know where there's a nice one, Dixie. Get out of here. I know. Here. It's an Aventura, of course. Oh, well, there you go. Do you go. think that the Jews would have a scummy wind Dixie in their neighborhood? No. no I know. I, look, it's in the promenade shops. It's shiny. It's almost like a Publix. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> really? I was going to say almost. a bad, a bad wind Dixie <clears throat> in the Jewish neighborhood. It's a Shonda, I say. A Shonda. I'm, I'm telling you. <laughs> so that's the stuff really that kind of caught my eye. Uh, this week, there's a lot of other stuff that's going on out there. In a little while, you're going to uh, tell me exactly how bad the corruption is. And then later on the show, I'm Go going ahead. to talk about new, my trip to New York, which was a hoot and nanny. Absolutely hoot and nanny. We're going to keep the groove going, though, with Alvin Cash. Keep on dancing on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. Is the funky, funky walk They're doing that thing Called the Broadway Freak Whoop it, baby I want everybody to keep on dancing now Come on, y'all Come on, y'all
supposed to see, because the blind are never free. I know the answer's hiding somewhere, so I'll just keep on looking. Still alive, and the 
boots have come and trampled on me and I'm still alive. Cause the sun has kissed me and caressed me and I'm strong. And there's a chance that I might grow. This I know. I know it's hiding somewhere. So I'll keep on.
anything wrong, sir? Wrong? Why should you think of anything being wrong? Have you been doing something you shouldn't? Yes. It's just a manner of speech, sir. Yes, but it's just a manner of speech from your post-corrective advisor to you that you watch out, little Alex, because next time it's not going to be the corrective school anymore. Next time it's going to be the barry place and all my work ruined. If you've no respect for your horrible self, you at least might have some for me who've sweated over you. A big black mark, I tell you, for everyone we don't reclaim. A confession of failure for every one of you who ends up in the stripy hole. I've been doing nothing I shouldn't, sir. The Millicent's have nothing on me, brother. Sir, I mean. What <laughs> out this clever talk about Millicent just because the police haven't picked you up lately doesn't, as you very well know, mean that you've not been up to some nastiness. There was a bit of a nastiness last night, yes? Some very extreme nastiness, yes? A few of a certain Billy Boy's friends were ambulanced off late, yes? Your name was mentioned. The words got through to me by the usual channel. Certain friends of yours were named also. Oh, nobody can prove anything about anybody, as usual. And I'm warning you little Alex, being a good friend to you as always, the one man in this sore and sick community who wants to save you from yourself.
That voice is right up there. That's on the top. That's top shelf voice. That's up there with the Johnny Walker blue. That's up there on that shelf with with Tom Jones, yeah. with 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 uh, Paul Rogers. He's that's a top shelf voice right there. It cannot be redone. There was one of those things I used to tell people. You know, you, you if you you're doing karaoke, I don't care how good you are. Okay, if you sing Aretha Franklin or Al Green, you're going to sound like shit. Okay, you can be fucking Pavarotti. You're just going to sound like crap because you can't sound as good as them or even half as good as them. That's how fucking good they are. I had, I had a girlfriend from years ago, and she was on like a road trip and was in, I believe, Mississippi and managed to see Al Green when he was preaching as a pastor, okay. like on a Sunday at his church. That I was like, okay. That's pretty high up there in a the cool category. That's that's absolutely a winner right there. Al Green, of course. Here I am. Come and take me. That is from Call Me from 1973. Great year for music. That before that, here's some groovy ass shit. The Retro Liners. That song is uh, Buckingham Breakout. It's from their latest CD called Mods and Rockers. For for all you Quadrophenia fans out out there, we are the mods. We are the mods. We are we are we are the mods. <laughs> the mods are right there, and I. And um, that is an interesting um, thing. It's all surf music, okay, the retro liners. And it's all 
done like that. It's it, there's some and there's some of it that's got a bit more of a fuzz attitude in there. And it, the CD was given to me um, by Paul Page. Um, he's the bass player. The drummer is Steve Holly, and they are the bass player and drummer. Um, for Ian Hunter's Rant Band, for the Sydney Green Street Band. I've heard great stories from Paul from when he was on tour with John Cale in uh, Eastern Europe. I Just some of the funniest shit. The, the line that Paul gave me that I thought was the best, he goes, well, we were there during like November, and you know, it's kind of cold and dreary and gray. And he goes, you know, and John Cale is kind of cold and dreary and gray. So I was like, yeah, the evil genius, as it were. But in any event, the retro liners... That is Buckingham Breakout. They're going to have something new coming out. And that is uh, kind of – the band is really uh, Mike Welch on guitar. It's his band. The other person is Andy Burton on keyboards. But it's really kind of Mike Welch's concoction. Um, so the retro liners, man, for some good surf music, you know, very faithful to the Ventures, Safaris, that kind of stuff. They, they really do that. Like the Hammond B3 sound on uh, some of these tracks The that uh, Burton plays is really just – Feel like I'm ice skating all over again. Yeah. Yeah, ice skating music, <laughs> yeah, Hammond, Hammond music. Before that, yeah, hi, 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 Mr. Deltoid. <laughs> can't get enough of that. Yeah, we can't. We're, no. We were talking. No. We we're talking before the show about how we can listen to parts of. We watch. Okay, Clockwork Orange never gets over, old. Over, over, over. It right. never gets old. Ever, ever, ever. Before that, Nine Inch Nails gave up, but that's the remix by Coil. Um, they originally came out. Um, there was an EP that came out called mm. Broken in 92. And Nine Inch Nails, and I'm going through their catalog and, you know, all the stuff that I have in the uh, in the nine, you know, in the Nine Inch Nails folder. And they've got, like, a ton of these EPs they put out where it's, like, one song done six different ways. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm not – that's not – yeah, that's not hyperbole. There's a song I have six different versions of by them. None – yeah. Okay. And here's the thing. None of which I actually like. <laughs> okay. Let's just be clear. You know, there's some good Nine Inch Nails stuff out there. There's also some really, really just garbage Nine Inch Nails. Before that, a really cool track. Pat Smear uh, from 1995 doing Secret Garden, which is a Madonna song, which I've played previously from uh, uh, Erotica. That's okay. what it came out on. And on that track, that's a live track. We got my, It's originally Mike Watt came out with an album called... Uh, Bell Hog and Tug and Tugboat. And so that's from the Bell Hog and Tugboat tour. And that's live with Mike Watt, Eddie Vedder, and Dave Grohl <laughs> doing that one. Mm. And I don't know. I just listened to it. I was like, you know what? That should be played. It should be played. It's just got that kind of raw thing going on. Kicking off the set. Alvin Cash, keep on dancing. Now, Alvin Cash um, never really amounted to anything. Okay, he came out with a bunch of 45s. That one's from 1968. There are no, he actually doesn't have any albums out. He had a uh, some family members involved in putting together a lot of music for him. That's a really cool track um, that I've got on a compilation um, CD. I can't remember which one it is. I think it's, you know, something, something, 1965 to 1972, blah, 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 soul and funk music, of which I've got, I cannot begin to tell you how many compilations i have with that kind of with either soul or funk in the title i've definitely got 50 compilations couple 50 minimum <laughs> minimum 50 i swear to god i have an entire folder with nothing but those with like i have rock compilations in one folder and then i've got the soul funk compilations in another one and it's huge it's just enormous 
So keep your, you know, that that's a cool little ditty right there. You're not going to hear that anywhere else but on the Groove of Don, baby. Why? Because it's super duper groovy, man. Right. Yeah. That is groovy. Yeah, so groovy. talk to me. Okay, I, I here's what I read. That a Miami-Dade mayor, um, I guess he's the mayor or whatever, mm-hmm. um, shut down an attempt at campaign finance reform. Basically, he shut it down. Right. Are we talking about Regalado? I believe so, yes. That, is that the guy? That's, that's, it's the, uh, whoever I'm it is sure, right cause now. Because I'm, I'm reading the article. The uh, Accountable Miami-Dade was the, were the people that brought the petition, 127,000 uh, signatures, never mind, and all the public support. I'm just trying to find out the specific uh, commissioner that, you know, the... the, the I think it was the mayor, though. The mayor was the one that spoke out. Uh, that's what I was. That's what I was originally thinking. But you were telling me about the whole, you know. Deep- well, the, the the history of corruption. I good, but I, I do want to give credit where it's due for the uh, for the current. Um, well, it's nice that somebody's trying to do it. The, I'm, for me, right. the ironic part about the way government runs, both on a state and federal level, is that in order to get government to do what we as citizens really wanted to do, okay, which is to adhere. To our voice, the voice of the majority. That's what they're, they're supposed to be doing, what we want them to. It's a republic. We elect these people to represent us and our desires and needs, et cetera, et cetera. And so the only way that can truly happen is if they are subservient, is if the, the elected officials are subservient to the constituency, which we no longer have. They're subservient to their campaign to the people that donate to their campaign. And the right. only way you can have campaign finance reform is to have those people vote on it, right. which, of course, they're not going to do because the minute they do that, they're shit it's out of luck simple. and out of a job. And, and I still I still know people, uh, stupid people, I call them, that think that there's nothing wrong with things like Citizens United, you know, uh, and, and I'm like, you, so you don't like democracy. Yeah. You're an American. You I, don't like democracy. Just admit it. You don't like democracy. Oh, it's really freedom what is this? Money equals free speech. First things first. If right. it costs money, it's not free, asshole. <laughs> let's just get that point out of the way right off the bat exactly anyway i i believe in democracy I do and, too. for better or worse and there and, and and mind you there are people that really because because don't forget that in every conflict there are always people I fighting know. against their own We've best said- interests and i don't get them but the the whole thing with the cuban politicians and i'm forever explaining uh in in south florida people that have grown up in south florida they understand the difference between the cubans and the other hispanoids of america as we'll call them for, that, that, for, that, for, for better or worse, term? because there are things that I'm proud of and things that I'm embarrassed of. Even though I, I've started using new language these days, uh, I'm anti-grouping. So you know, uh-huh. I don't belong to a group. The, the technicalities of my birth, uh, you know, I didn't choose those. <laughs> so you can't judge me according to that. Right? And you I'm, choose your and friends, I'm not but judging not your DNA, and I'm not judging anybody according to the circumstances of their birth. You, right. you know, I judge so, them by their record collection. Uh, you, so you say you belong to a group. Well, fuck your group, all right? Whatever group you belong to, right. fuck them. I don't care. I don't belong to a group, all right? right. Non-group. No, no gangs. I'm, 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 so I'm, so I'm I've got to talk about the Cubans. Here's a group that, uh, you know, technically speaking, I belong to, but I don't really because I don't belong to any group. But they came so over. So I qualify me. that. But the Cubans see that the, the people go outside of Dade County, outside of South Florida. Oh, picking lettuce. And the Me- yeah, you're thinking Mexicans and they're the indigenous peoples of Mexico and they're Indians and God bless them and everything. But, but the Cuban thing, what the, the Cubans that are here in control of Miami-Dade County. And they are. Are, are the people that that essentially were ousted by by Castro it's not Batista himself but it's that that class of people and that mentality the people that that lost the revolution and had all their shit confiscated by the government came to Miami and set up shop pretty much exactly the same way went like this first wave of Cubans washed up on shore 
in their own boats. <laughs> yeah, right. This time, and the I first think wave. boats would be char would be yeah. a charitable term. No, no, term. in their own boats. First wave. Oh, okay. in their first own wave, boats, right. yachts, and you know, with their sacks of money that they escaped with. Right. All right. With they got out while the getting was good. Okay. They got on their own yachts and 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 came over to Miami, where they were already used to traveling back and forth and visiting and shit. You know, mm-hmm. but they didn't have any reason to live in Miami because they had holdings. In yeah, Cuba. but now they don't. But so now, now they, they're they here. Got, and- so now they came over here and they made. They you know they get off the boat and the first person they see is a redneck, <laughs> a good old boy. With what was in Miami before all this shit started happening? And they said, "Excuse, excuse me, how does the politics work here?" And the good old boy said, "Well, you know, you bribe politicians and they do what you want." And the Cuban guy said, "Oh, we're very familiar with that system. <laughs> I think we're we're going to do just fine here." And they set to do just that. And they've so been doing it. There's ever a culture of it. Since. The culture of it forever since the, the late fifties. How towing to not, the Cuban right. contingent not down that, here? Well, of course, because because, because they, they finance you, and I explain that to the Haitians. Oh, the preferential status, immigration status for the Cubans. And I'm like, how many politicians have you bribed? Have the Haitians bribed? Right. Because the, well, the problem uh, is the Haitians, here, have, Haitians literally as, have no as money. The Cubans, we bribe uh, all of them. All of them we bribe. That's why it is the way that it is. And, and they believe in that. And it's a very Republican. It's very right-wing of fascist mentality that that believes in that and so this culture the the politics down here is steeped in that so if you think that any of the people in politics down here any of the people that are in the position that they are in are going to go along with this this is what going to put them out of business yes the corruption here yes. and of course at cities we could have a contest to see which city has been more corrupt over the years new york was it chicago Look, you know try new orleans new orleans all right so but i would certainly like to throw south date in as a oh, contender yeah, the, new york was i mean ten, you talk Tammany about Tammany Hall. Hall. Right. I mean, they fucking and, and, and Chicago this. politics is possibly it's right okay. now. In order to build a government yeah. building in New York, it literally took them like a bazillion years, and they realized that there were millions of dollars that were unaccounted for, you know, right around the time they started building the Brooklyn yeah. Bridge, because the Brooklyn Bridge ends right there. So, I mean, sure. On the other so, hand, Tammany Hall got Corruption the is, Bridge, is got not uncommon in the United States, but the Cubans just happen to be uh, very seasoned veterans oh, yeah. at that system going all the way back. Uh, um the home and of that's the what's going on. It's very banana republic um, in Miami, and and the powers that be are going to fight against any reform, tooth and nail. And this and, is this is like and they've a got microcosm. money, and they've got money behind them, right? right. And a, it's a microcosm of the larger problem. Sure, it absolutely. is an absolute. It's like the petri dish yeah. of of the disease that has already spread. Fuck Zika. Corruption is what I'm worried about. You know, you eliminate the corruption, the Zika. Trust me, they'll take care of Zika. It's the money. Mm. It's money that yeah. they manage all these shit. I, uh, I'm yuck. buying a beekeeper's outfit. <laughs> that was what I think. When it when it spreads above, when it gets above like 179th Street, wait. I'm going to order it now. Fuck when, waiting. When it gets above 179th Street, I'm going to set up my own my own little booth at like one of these flea markets, I'm, and I'm going to I'm going to custom make hazmat suits for people. Little kitty hazmat suits. Your child's going to be safe when he's going to school in this hazmat suit with its own breathing apparatus and hearing aid. Listen, get, 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 let's, let's, uh, get some investors now. Zika suits. Zika suits. Basically. It's Zika, basically, it's I don't a, even know it's a, beekeeper's, it's a beekeeper's outfit, and we'll make it nice. We'll, uh, you know, put some patterns on there. How about I, some zebra stripes? I really, you know, and I'll tell you something. This is one of those things where if tourism, in Miami, mm-hmm. wasn't such a major concern. I'm not so sure how much of a thing this would be. 
Because if it was just killing the locals, who the fuck cares? But if it just started affecting <laughs> tourism in downtown, if once it reaches South Beach, shit's going to hit the fan. It's already there. Yeah. That's when the shit hits the fan. When you start fucking around with models. Let's walk around. Let's walk around in hazmat suits with a Geiger counter that just goes right. That when people just walk into businesses, what's in the businesses? No, just the Geiger counter. Like, we won't be wearing the you know the big. No. Oh yeah, I think it'd be great with the gas mask and all gas mask and everything. Let's just walk around with like one of those spray pump thingies. Like you know the you know they're walking around trying to get rid of the I'll tell you the bonus package. Strange as this sounds, because I when I was up in New York, I was telling my mom that what was unusual this year is that yes. I mean, right now, outside, how hot is it? It's insane. It is Dante-like in its inferno. Okay? But in South Florida, what you have is basically day after day after day, it's like this, and then about 4 o'clock, it starts to rain. Mm -hmm. That's what we normally have, except this year, we haven't gotten the rain. A couple days, but not But not like we're used to. Normally, during the summer, I'm used to rain five days a week. Five days a week. It should be raining right now. It should be raining. It should be raining every single day at about 4 or 5 o'clock, especially with this kind of heat. Okay? By the way, this group, the good news uh, before we leave the, the subject is this accountable Miami Day, they're suing. Good you know, for them. The, so the petition gonna... was ignored. We're going to sue you. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Love these people. I'm not a big fan of an overly litigious society, but in this particular instance, what do you want us to what do? What are you going to do? There is right? no other path towards the success that we need, right. and the success yeah. is getting money out of politics. If right. you get money out of politics, everything else is possible. Sure, and if the lawsuit Once doesn't you... work, then, uh, you know, rioting. Yeah. There's always aren't riots. Always riot. Well, you're the gun guy, not me. You've got the... You're I don't the want to bring a gun to a riot, you know. It just really sucks the fun right out of it. <laughs> just, you really, you know. <laughs> All right. I, on that note... <laughs> I just, I, I thought, you know, because you're, you, you know what's been going on down here. You've been down here a much longer time. And it's, so you're, you're much more, you know, in tune with that. And when I saw that, yeah. my first thought was, George's going to have something to say about this because he's going to know. You don't so have to I say, didn't have to do any research for don't, a change. Don't say corrupt Cuban politician. Just, just say Cuban politician. Just we, say, right. We know you because mean. Because it's, yeah, no, yeah, it's redundant. It's absolutely. It's repetitively yeah. Yeah, redundant, it as it turns out. We keep the groove going here, though. Got a couple of great sets for you. Next, after this one, I'm going to come back and tell you about my trip to New York, but I haven't played these guys in a little while, and I need a dose of them. Yeah, it's the Beatles on the Groovathon on SoFloRadio.com. Well, I've got a baby Crazy for me Yeah, I've got a baby
Great, sir. Great. Try the wine. Thank you, sir. Cheers. Happy days. Won't you join me? No. My health doesn't allow it. Ah. 1960 Chateau. Saint-Estef. Medoc. Very good brand, sir. Very good colour, sir. Smells nice, too. Um, <laughs> very nice little number, sir. Well, here's to it. Very refreshing, sir. Very refreshing. I'm pleased you appreciate good wine. Have another glass. My wife used to do everything for me and leave me to my writing. Your wife, sir? Is she away? No, she's dead. I'm sorry to hear about that, sir. She was very badly raped, you see. We were assaulted by a gang of vicious young hoodlums in this house, in this very room you're sitting in now. I was left a helpless cripple, but for her the agony was too great. The doctor said it was pneumonia because it happened some months later during a flu epidemic. The doctors told me it was pneumonia, but I knew what it was. A victim of the modern age. Poor, poor girl. And now you, another victim of the modern age. But you can be helped. Prisoner, like a hostage. Yo, you should have covered your motherfucking head like an ostrich. Deep in the dirt because you were sucker. And your ass up high so I can kick the motherfucker Don't try to hang your best of boy Cause my foot'll be so far up your ass You'll get hemorrhoids Before you try to fuck with Ren I put two in your ass And you'll be shit size 10 First come, first serve Whoever's got the nerve So fuck to get what you deserve From the word of a motherfucking hip-hop maniac Brainiac So what you ought to do is step the fuck back Now how the fuck you think the rap will last With your ass saying shit that'll set in the past Yo, be original Your shit is sloppy Get off your dick, you motherfucking carbon copy Falling deep in the drums for many a style one of the reasons a nigga ran a hundred miles Cheating and I was beating the crowd I kept seating But weak motherfuckers biting off and they kept eating Styles that kept full of four Cause the vocals were local in nightclubs And not getting paid for And got the nerve to cuss Only reason niggas think you get wrecked Is cause they thought it was up Yo, giving what I gotta give Doing what I gotta do You don't get with me So who gives a fuck about you You can't harm me, alarm me Cause we're the generals in this fucking hip-hop army The niggas with attitudes If you didn't know We blow flow and didn't move slow From the get-go, yo Tired of some take it Yo, fuck this shit Yell and kick the break in Break in It's the real thing Run, but you can't hide, you know I'm a find you Cause a nigga like Rand's only two steps behind you Don't look back because you're shaking and all scared A nigga in black can be a scariest nightmare So sleep with the lights on, forget that the mic's on Don't step on the motherfucking stage without lights on Don't see a psycho, and then you just might go Mentally fucked up when I'm in the right block All these niggas with the jibber jabber But couldn't kill a fly with a motherfucking sledgehammer Gangsters in black are out there But only because, yo, it's the shit that we wear On my motherfucking dick but I'ma love it when you drop like a motherfucking brick So yo, step off, go to bed Cause if you're misled, you get a motherfucking bullet in your forehead Black, the good, the bad, the ugly, see I long streetwise, nigga, you know me Rollin' with some real niggas, plan for geeks But you motherfuckers know who run the streets With that hardcore hip-hop rap shit. rap shit Now how much harder can another nigga get? Tryna be like us, sound like us, dress like us Ask the ass and dust the dust So nigga, 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 please Sit your own the dick, watch your drop to your knees Cause I'm a motherfucker that's out to kill 
straight off the streets of Compton. Quick to get in your shit without a second thought. And if your ass gets smoked, it's my bullet you caught. So if you're talking shit about the niggas in black, bow down to the kings right ahead. They played out fast when niggas were chanting. One nigga left and they said we ain't happening. B-Boy thought we was finishing and done with. But if you think about it, yo, we really ain't done shit. Yeah, so cover your ears and wipe your tears. And quit sniffing all over my dick for new ideas. And when the new record comes, don't come like a fucking bump. I get the fucking money to buy you a fucking crumb. Y'all the dicks are poor, niggas not one. And when it comes to dicks, you don't even have one. So brace yourself to make sure you don't get fucked up. Cause if I let you slide, it's just cause you're locked up. Don't come on my face again because I'm a floor And if you're a bitch, I'm a fucking Ignore ya, because my attitude's a little bigger. Cause if he's friend, it's one of the real niggas. Lost in the motherfucking world of madness, sadness. The dread's just a nigga that's glad it. Suck a motherfuckers like you, making whack jam. Because it only shows you how dope I am. Never try to ignore us. When I'm expressing, stand still like a full of rigor mortis. Cause I'm a real nigga, but I guess you're bigger. You can break me, take me, but watch me pull the trigger. Dread's just a nigga with heart, a nigga that's smart, a nigga that's paid to stay when others are scared to play. We started out with too much cargo, so I'm glad we got rid of Benedict Arnold. Yo, N.W.A. criticized for what we say, but I'ma do this shit anyway, cause I'm the motherfucking doctor, never faking. Yo, yeah, I kick the motherfucking break in.
love the cards. We're 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 love yes. that shit. We eat it up. Eat you had to fade up. fade it out right there. It's like oh, it's tracking into the oh no no. It's- Moving moving in stereo. No, it's tracking into the next song. Oh, and there it goes. No, no, no. I cut that one off. Property cards. Yeah, bye, bye, love from the first first album they came out with, nineteen seventy eight. Before that, N.W.A. Niggas for Life from Niggas for Life, ninety one. Great, fucking great album, man. Just really, Yella and Ren and those guys really had gotten the studio like what they wanted to do in the studio. Fantastic. Before that, food, food. All All right. What is it? You're going to open up a place uh, called? Oh, Try the Wine. It's try a wine bar. Wine bar. Wine bar. Called try, wine the wine. Bar called try, try, try the Wine. Try the Wine. We love that. With a picture of him there. I love that. Is your wife? She's not around anymore? No, no she's dead. <laughs> we can listen to that shit all day and enjoy With it. With the, uh, the sergeant at the jail. As for <laughs> comedy, for comedy, that's got to be the best. The best scene. <laughs> Six, double, five, three, two, one. <laughs> Do you see the line on the floor behind you? This guy's a right one. Before that, yeah, Rage Against the Machine, Vietnam from Evil Empire, kicking off the set, a really kind of a neat little track, The Beatles doing Clarabella. Um, that is from Pop Go The Beatles. Uh, the BBC, back in 63 uh, and 64, had a series of shows where they brought the Beatles into the studio for live, you know, they played live in the studio, and then they released that stuff uh, some years later on some of the master recordings, and there's some great, great stuff in there. Early Beatles, just kind of playing rock and roll. They hadn't gone, they you know, they hadn't gone past that the Rubber Soul Revolver phase into the whole Sergeant Pepper and you know, sitars and yeah, and all that. that. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love a good yeah. sitar as much as the next guy. All right, you know, Ravi Shankar, rock on, baby. And George Harrison called him yeah. the greatest musician on the planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's I'm, how am I going to argue with that? He, he was that good. His, you know, his family. You know, still plays around. His his uh, children stuff are all you know they're fantastic. As okay. I mean, you know, Acorn didn't fall far from that sitar tree. So there you go. And stop banging on the table. Yeah. I will stop banging on the table. <laughs> so I went to New York. I went home uh, for my birthday, and I was there, and I had a full agenda. The first night, uh, first full day, I was there. Was a, I got on got on a Wednesday, and on Thursday I went out, and so there's this really cool. Uh, series of boats. There's like the uh, the Circle Line is the one everybody knows. It goes mm-hmm. around Manhattan, and you know we, you know myself and friends of mine, we used to do. There were like a bunch of things that, as a New Yorker, having grown up there, like when I was a kid, we didn't do that much. And the older I got, the more it became things to do, like once a year. Like we would do myself and these guys. Uh, we do the Circle Line once a year. We'd find the right time and we'd go over to you know the where it leads by the Intrepid on the West Side. And then um, the other thing that I that I did for a couple of years, I, myself and a bunch of guys uh, that I worked with down at the, the Commodities Exchange, a bunch, uh, bunch of good family guys, as it were. Um, we used to do this thing. We would go down to Sheepshead Bay and go to Randazzo's for fried calamar. And then after that, we would ride the Cyclone. We'd go right to the Cyclone at Coney Island. Okay. And I don't know if it's still true, but back then, if you rode the Cyclone and you stayed on, it was mm. like five bucks to ride. And then if you stayed on to, for a second ride and a third ride, mm. it was only $3. And you could go pretty much, you keep riding on it. And it's unquestionably the scariest roller coaster in America. Because what you do is, before you get on it, here's, here's how you make it even scarier. You go underneath it. Okay, I don't know if they've, they've shored it up these days. But it's like a wooden roller coaster. It's been, and it's like, you know, a hundred fucking years old. Okay? And what you do is you go over to the, the, uh, the beach side of it. 
okay? And as it's going, you can see, like, the splinters falling off. That's how you make it. And the first thing that it does, it goes, it has, like, this big, it goes all the way up, and then it drops you down. And that first, when it comes up, it makes that first curve. And right there, you're literally, it's coming at the Atlantic Ocean. And you think to yourself, this is the ride. Every ride on that could be the ride where the roller coaster literally just goes fucking flying off into the ocean. It could at any time. So one of the things that uh, that I did was this boat trip, and what it does is it leaves from the east side on the 29th and the FDR, and it's a like a three a three hour cruise, a mm-hmm. three hour. Except this one's cool because they've got rock and roll on it, and the show that I saw, and they do it at sunset, so during the summer, and it's just I was there, perfection, absolute. The weather, the sunset, the breeze, perfect. Combine that. Mm-hmm. With a show of the Headless Horseman and the Flesh Tones. <laughs> yeah. There nice. you go. Welcome to Rock and Roll Bliss, baby. And bonus package for me. Yes, I know these guys. Peter and Chris Such and the rest of these guys. I know those guys. But bonus package for me was that a friend of mine who was going to be coming with me couldn't make it. He got stuck in Michigan. and um, Or actually on the way home from Michigan. He got held up. And so what I did is I got in touch with Deb O'Neill. Deb was the keyboard player for the Fuzz Tones. And, um, you know, there's that whole thing from when I was growing up, when I was a kid. Um, you know, these were all the bands that I grew up with. You know, my friend Alon, right. who was in, in the Headless Horseman, um, the Fuzz Tones and stuff. So I invited Deb. I had the extra ticket. I said, Deb, why don't you come along? So she did. And it was... First things first, it was terrific to see her again after many, many years. But the other thing that was great was the walk down memory lane that we got to do because I'm in the very first Fuzz Tones video, Ward 81. And, um, you know, I remember when we shot that at this, the empty floor in the cycle where she came over and she said, you know, I remember you as being the person that made everybody, you know, laugh and stuff. I'm like, have you seen the video? How can you not laugh at this shit? She said, yeah, but we had a good time. It was a great walk down um, memory lane and I got some pictures. Great. Oh, my God. Just the perfect weather. I couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, it was sublime. It really was. The next night, I get together with my friend Paul Page, the bass player from the surf band I played earlier, the Retro Liners. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be – and that's the thing. This is a guy who's constantly playing. He's either playing with oldies bands or he's playing with Ian Hunter or he's playing with Sidney Greenstreet. He's got – he's just got shows lined up. And so – what was great is he doesn't get to go, like, just go mm-hmm. and sit down and see a rock and roll show. And I could tell that he was happy as a clam in the sand when, I, when we went to the show. We went and saw The Jelly Jam, whom I've played before, and that is the band with Ty Tabor from King's X on guitar, okay, Rod Morgenstein from Winger and the Dixie Dregs on drums, and John Myung, the, the bass player from Dream Theater on bass. Classic line because Paul is a bass player, and John Myung on <laughs> On stage, his his rig, okay, mm. is like it's a whole thing, you know, where where his amp and all that shit is, and it's on wheels, you know, okay. it's wheeled out. And Paul is like, "Yeah, I got this." And he goes, "I have I have bass rig envy right now. Yeah, bass rig envy." <laughs> and we were sitting there looking. He's like, "Look at the size." He's like, "I have bass rig envy." And John Young has like he has three of the exact same bass. He's you know when he's got me Dream Theater. These guys are incredibly talented musicians. All these guys are world class musicians. Mm. I mean, you know. Ty Tabor was, show, was, you know, uh, including the 100 Great Shredders by Rolling Stone, you know, Great Rock Shredders. So, I mean, these guys are fucking, they're good. But he's got his own bass tech 
on stage with him, like hiding behind the thing. So if anything isn't exactly the way he likes it, they just swap out bases. Like, and he did that in the middle of a fucking song. Like in the middle of a song, just swapped out bases. I swapped him out because, you know, that's who they are. And the the show is at a place called the Newton Theater in Newton, New Jersey. So, you know, so Paul picks me up. We drive out there. And across the street, I wanted to bring this up, is a cool little store called Decades of Memories. And okay. if you are – and the other thing is this, is that Ian Hunter is coming out with a brand-new CD and also this mega box set they're, they're releasing. You know, this is what all these rock musicians are doing now. They're, they're doing a limited, numbered, signed edition, maybe 2,500, I think, is, is going to be impressing mm-hmm. for this, just 2,500. But it's like this massive box set that's incredibly expensive and whatever. And – they're going out on tour when Ian, Ian Hunter is now coming out with a brand new CD. And so they're about to do, over the course of the next 18 months, a huge world tour. If you're an Ian Hunter fan, start looking at the site. He's going to be he's going to be around. They're going everywhere. Okay, they're going to go everywhere. I already know that. And they're still adding dates. Okay, because Ian is, you know, he's 75 and he doesn't need to tour. He tours because there are these fans. of Ian, the, 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 the fan base for Ian Hunter is so rabid. Wow. Oh, yeah. They have, to, they have to play. If they go to Europe, they must play the Nordic countries, okay? There's like a fan base up there. And Paul Tony's like, yeah, man, I'll look out. The first five, ten rows, the same people, you, you know, I've been seeing for years. They're, they're fanatical. He's like, we sell out every show that they can't. The minute we, we put on, show sells out immediately. All right, far out, man. And um, one of the dates that got added was the Newtown Theater, the Newton Theater, where we mm-hmm. were. Like, they had just added that date. It hadn't even been announced yet. Paul had just gotten, like, an email updating him. So mm-hmm. he's like, wow, so this is where we're going to be playing. He'd never been there. Neither of us had ever even heard of this place before. And, you know, this is one of those theaters. This is something that's kind of been happening a lot because he was telling me about some of the theaters that, that he's been playing, you know, across the country. What they're doing is there a lot of these old theaters that are out there. And people with some money mm-hmm. are going in and revamping them and then booking bands. And I was taking a look at Andy DeFranco, the Outlaws. Um, there was some bad, there's, you know, there was some, I can't remember who else was playing there, but it was impressive enough a lineup. I was like, all right, they're getting somewhere. You know, they're, they're starting to do stuff out there. I think this is kind of a new thing for the Newton Theater in Newton, mm-hmm. New Jersey. The band that opened for them was a band called The Clocks, C-L-O-X. And I got to show you this. It's the coolest thing I've seen yet. They have a business card where you pop this thing open and then it slides into your computer and you can download it. It's on a business card. Wow. Yes. Nice. I got to show you this thing. Sure. When I show it to you, because I, I showed it to, after the show, I went over and said hello to Rod and, and those guys, because I, you know, I know them, my brother and the winger whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I said, check this shit out. And they were like, oh, yeah. Very I came nice. up with a term for uh, what kind of music the Jelly Jam is. I said it's a post-grunge, it's post-grunge progressive. That's right. what it is, because you've got musicians here who are among the best progressive musicians out there. I mean, the Dixie Dregs, Dream Theater, that shit's, you know, that's high echelon shit done by people with outstanding musical skill. And yet, what they're doing is they're bringing in that that grunge element, but without the, the nausea involved in it. I mean, it's grunge for people who appreciate top flight music, and it's done exceedingly well. Jelly Jam's new CD, Profit, outstanding, a must buy. You know, really, if you, if you, you know, they've, and here's the thing, They've never toured before, ever. Okay. And so they did a handful of – because I, I sent him an email. I got an email this a while ago. He goes, yeah, we're, we're going 
to after I got to see that, I said, you guys going to go on tour? And he sent me an email saying, well, we're at John Myung's, you know, he's got like a, a place in upstate Pennsylvania. He's like, we're getting together for like four or five days. We're just going to hang out and see if we if we can put together a live thing. And I sent him an email like in all caps. I was like, you guys are professionals. Get your fucking act together and hit the road. Well, they did six shows. No, I don't want to say that I influenced that. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Why not? Why not why say not, it? Why not make that a claim? In any event, they're dynamite on stage. Absolutely if if uh, I don't know, they, they really haven't announced their full tour, but I'm pretty sure they're going to do a tour um, as the Jelly Jam. And if they do, see them. Okay, you don't want to miss this. It's really, really great stuff. Among the other things that I got to do when I was in New York, and this one really pleased me. Uh, on my birthday, I got the Zabar's Smoked Fish Smorgasbord. Okay. Plus, my mom had previously gone all the way downtown to Italy. She, she already made the, the comment. She's like, if I go there, I have to stick to one floor. I give myself one hour on one floor. Because if I don't, okay, that's when you have to start taking out a second mortgage on the house. Because you buy everything. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable, this place, Italy. She went up to Zabar's and for my birthday got me whitefish salad and lox and nova. All the good freaking stuff I like. My friend goes uh, – my friend Drew calls, calls lox Jew bacon. <laughs> I love Jew bacon. <clears throat> I nice. was like, I was like, yeah. Bonus package in my house. Okay, my rabbi, rabbi we're, we're very, we're 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 very liberal. Uh, Jews. Okay. My rabbi, Rabbi O'Malley, uh, the part-time <laughs> pork distributor. So uh, you know, bacon. Yeah, bacon equals happiness, baby. You no argument out of me on that one. Bacon, bacon, and more bacon. So you know it's a sin. Oh, it's yeah. delicious. Send bacon, baby. So I took a walk, and it was just one of those perfect days in Central Park. I mean, absolutely, and. I posted a bunch of pictures on Facebook, and I said, you know, on a beautiful, sunny August Sunday in Central Park, you will see the entire world go by with a smile on its face. And I couldn't have been any more accurate in that statement. Just happiness on that day. And that the weekend that I – that particular weekend, that particular Sunday, I guess earlier in the week, they had had the first ever inductees into the freestyle – the Frisbee Freestyle Hall of Fame. Okay, And so the best in the world, once again, were exactly where I grew up knowing mm-hmm. they would be, which is in Sheep's Meadow in Central Park. Craig Van Sickle, Scott Zimmerman, the, the greatest freestylers originally in the world. And now these guys are fucking incredible. They're out there with their, you know, 165s and their fake nails and their, you know, their pledge. You spray pledge on it so it spins more. Like, and I, <laughs> you know, when I grew up, I got the, you know, the, the, the neat thing is, is that still to this day. If you've got the skill mm-hmm. and you can toss and delay, it's called delay. When mm. you spin, it's called delaying. I see. Okay, that's what the term is. And if you can toss and delay, you can play with the greatest in the world. They'll say yes. They'll let you right on in. If you've got at least the skills to keep it going, mm-hmm. okay, and do your thing with them. Right. Okay, you don't even have to be as good as them. You just have to make sure that they get their tosses right, right. whether it's backhand or forehand, whatever they prefer. Okay, you can still go out there, sheep's meadow, okay, seriously. On any bright, sunny Sunday when it's warm, and you will see them pretty much right in the middle mm-hmm. of Sheep's Meadow. And you can play with the greatest freestylers in the world. In the world. This isn't, and this isn't hyperbole, folks. I'm talking about the guys, Cray Van Sickle and Scott Zimmerman. Those are the guys when you bought a Whammo, mm-hmm. they had the autographs. Those are the first two autographs. I, I think those are the first two that were autographed. Their autographs were on the, on the discs. So. That ought to tell you something. And the cool thing for me was I'm walking around. I walked over to the band shell. Dougie Fresh was warming up for the uh, summer stage later. 
Six minutes, you're on, Doug, you fresh, baby. Saw, saw wedding pictures being taken in front of the band show. Nice. And on one side, these guys were doing devil sticks. On the other side, you had the uh, the, uh, the the fucking breakdancer crew. They had the whole crowd around with the whole thing. And it's a lot of... A lot of a lot of prep time to to do a couple of tricks. I mean, they spend a great deal of time prepping, and then it's like the trick is over like that. So that was a little disappointing. I like the old school breakdown. They just break out some, you know, find a couple of cardboard, cardboard boxes yeah. and a, and you know, and a boom box, okay, and just go out there and get shit. Those guys were great. Mm-hmm. I I always stood in amazement of those guys. And I took a walk and I went over to Walman Rink where I skated as a kid for years. Um, there was the we had like our own little skater punk. Crew. And so we got, you know, back in those days, you could skate if you were under, if you were under the age of 18, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like 18 under or something like that. You could skate all day. Um, there was like a, from 12, from 8 to 8, I think. Something like that. Okay. For five bucks. And you could leave and come back, which is perfect for me because I lived a five minute walk from Walman Rink. I'm at 67, right there. It's a straight shot. Right through the, there used to be the carousel there. And then there was a tunnel on which for years and years, there's, there's a lot of these hoity toity, private schools i went to one of them and somebody would write every year a boner is a browning boy's best pal <laughs> okay <laughs> on this i swear to god a boner is a, and every year in big yellow and blazoned letters in the tunnel and what they do now you know when i was a kid there was like a bunch of us and we would all get together everybody knew each other so we were the skater punks we were the ccm mm. it was a ccm bauer skater punk crew and and all the music was the same it was always the it was the wall and off the wall <laughs> the wall and off the wall. I can't Pink complain. Floyd, I can't wall. argue. I, I still skate to to off the wall. Oh yeah, off the wall. Great, great record. Great record. Great. How, how, skating to the wall never would have occurred to me. I don't know. Run like hell. <laughs> it's it's there. It's yeah. Skate like hell. And so what we would do is we had our own section. It was the north. It was the northwest section. So you would come in on the north side, and then we had that first. If you just turned to the right, that was our corner. That was our fucking corner. One day, this guy came in, and if you know anything about ice hockey, goalies wear skates that are different. Mm-hmm. They have that big plastic protective thing. It's the hardest skating. Goalies are generally what most people don't know. Goalies are often the best skaters on the right. ice. The best skaters on the ice during any game are the referees. By the way, okay? right? Yes. Oh god, those guys are fucking insane. And so we're there one day it's you know we're just a bunch of us and there's a guy skating around who is excellent and he's wearing goalie skates as it turns out he was like the reserve goalie for the then hartford whalers and he had been on injured reserve he was coming back and blah blah and there were like three or four of us here he goes hey man who wants to come with me to uh rockefeller center go skating there we do you know he's paying he's you know he's rich athlete so we all get well you know get stuff ourselves into a car we throw all our skates in the you know, in the trunk and everything, got shuttled down to Rockefeller Center, and we get out on the ice, and we had literally, we couldn't have been on the ice more than a minute. And on either end of the Rockefeller Center rink time, were there was like a restaurant, and it was a warm day, so they had the doors, like the glass doors had been opened, like they, they opened sideways. So now you've it's almost like a pseudo-alfresco thing. Mm-hmm. And this guy goes skating as fast as he can, from one end of the rink right towards that and then goes inside and literally sprays the first two to three levels, you know, rows of Mm -hmm. tables in the restaurant with ice and we were all promptly kicked out and went back to Walman Rink. There you go. We were I swear to God, I don't think we could have been there more than a and a minute before I saw that. Now during the summer, they've turned it like a little kitty park. 
It's like a thing for kids now, which is, you know, pretty cool. So I had a really good time. Oh, yeah, and then I ran some some jugglers, which was great for me because I'm a, I'm a hardcore juggler. I used to be a hardcore juggler. All right. So I got to, yes, I studied with Brian Dubay and Michael Motion and Tony Duncan and Philippe Petit. I got I actually got, oh, wow. I got a class. I couldn't name a juggler. I got a class from Philippe Petit, the guy who walked between the two World Trade Centers. Okay. I got a – I literally got a class with him. He was very famous for being able to do um, – he would do – Stand on high wire and juggle mm-hmm. on high wire. Okay, so wrap your fucking head around that. And he did, you know, no net. Obviously, he's fully petite. He did net. He, I, I, I piss on nets. I, the, the, the nets are no good. So, so that was kind of cool. And it was just a great afternoon for me, man. You know, just walking around. Because I originally was just going to go out for like a quick half hour walk. Two hours later. Two, two hours. Seriously, two hours later. So that was a lot of fun. I had a great time in New York. Just uh, a couple nights ago, I was supposed to go see one show. Then I was supposed to go see another. Both of them were far away. One thing got canceled. So I ended up going seeing this guy named Matt Schofield at the Funky Biscuit up in Boca. Um, he's a blues guitar player. Um, I recommend him. I'm going to find some music by this guy. He was good. He was good. Okay, I posted a video from him. He, he plays up there if, if you're local around here. He plays the Funky Biscuit, I guess, several times a year. I took a look at the calendar stuff, and he's played you know, already a couple times this year. Excellent, absolutely worth seeing. So if you ever get a chance to see Matt Schofield, I highly recommend it. You know what that means, though. It's time for me to take care of the people who take care of me. Yeah, Precision Auto Works. Said hello to Dave the other day. when Got to get my ass in there. He was a little – he had something going on. He's like, oh, I got I got three different things. I got that 55 up on – he still has got the 55 Nomad up there. So I got the 55 on the lip, but it's coming down tomorrow. So I spoke to him, 954-247-9362. Absolutely the place where people who love their cars take the cars. Bumper to bumper. If it runs, or yeah, if it doesn't run, bring it to him and it will. Okay? Absolutely. I swear by the guy. Mention the Groovathon when you go on in there. There is a discount. You can go to the SoFloRadio.com website. Click on the box that says Tony C's Groovathon, and you will see a list of every show I've ever done, all available, to be downloaded and listened to for free. And above each show, you'll see every song played on that show. So every song I've ever played is there. And at the very top of that list, it says sponsored by Precision Auto Works, which, of course, is a link right to the Precision Auto Works site. Okay, it's uh, very, it's actually very easy to get to. You're around here, you know, uh, South Florida, 95 up to Atlantic. Uh, go, uh, go to Andrews. 30th, you're right there. Seriously, once, you're, once you get off of uh, 95, 60 seconds. Beautiful. And he's got a nice big air-conditioned shop now, plenty of parking space, and he does his cruise in every month. I didn't go this month. I went to the one last month. And just the people that show up at that, that's all you need to know about the kind of respect people have for Dave Carey and Precision Auto Works and the crew that, that works there. S-A-E certified. Nice job. Thank you. Very nice. Thank you. Of course, you know what that means. Time for the drive groove, baby. Yo, I'm redlining your ass today, kicking it off with a little Greg Howe on the drive groove on SoFloRadio.com.
hope you heard noise and make. Let me introduce my Rocket 88. Yes, it's straight, it just won't wait. Everybody loves my Rocket 88. Gonna ride in style, moving all along. It's a V8 motor body, small in design, convertible top, the girls don't mind. I set my Rocket Baby all around town for joy. All right.
Lord have mercy. That's how you get it done, baby. Like that, that's a rock and fucking roll right there, baby. That is rock and roll. Yeah, Samantha Fish. That is the name of that young lady right there. Song's called "Shake 'Em Down." Uh, that's from uh, a video series called "Up Close at Chance." She's from Kansas City, and she basically got discovered um, and put. Uh, I think the, the name of the label is Rough Records. R U F. And there's a uh, there's two editions called Girls with Guitars. And she's on the first one. came out in 2011. I kind of stumbled across this maybe a month or so ago. Snag, you know, kind of stashed it away because it's really good. That's not actually on the CD. That is uh, um, a live cut that I stumbled across on YouTube and said, you know what? Got to be played. Got to be played because that's rock and roll. Yeah, man. That Absolutely. Is, that, that's three. By the way, that's just three people on stage. Good old club. fashioned. Yes. Raw, unadulterated. The way we like it. Before that, classic stuff. Arlen Roth with Johnny Winter doing Rocket 88. That is from Slide Guitar Summit, which uh, is an Arlen Roth CD. He's got tons of great slide guitar players on that. That just came out last year. Uh, Rocket 88, of course, you know, classic song from uh, the 50s. Um, it's actually, uh, I wrote this down, it's credited to the Delta Cats, who, uh, that is uh, Jackie Brenston and the Delta Cats. They're the ones that get the credit for the original version of Rocket 88. Those guys were actually uh, Ike Turner's Kings of Rhythm. Okay. So there you go. I do the research so you don't have to. For that, one of the greats, one of the greats, Roy Buchanan, uh, doing John's Blues from the first Roy Buchanan album. Well, his first album was with this other band, but the first album he did as a solo artist, I believe, uh, he was on Electra. Pretty sure he was okay. on Electra. Him and Lonnie Mack, those guys, they, they got hired a lot for Electra. That came out in 1972. I was... Fortunate enough to see Roy Buchanan the last time he played live uh, in New York before he uh, – I saw him at the bottom line in New York. He a fantastic place to see shows, and I was second row. And the, the tables literally – they're like uh, banquet tables. They come out from the stage so that everybody can turn sideways. You're never facing back to it, so these long okay. tables. So I was like two chairs in from the stage to see Roy Buchanan. And, you know, he's Roy Buchanan. Freaking amazing. And he uh, died in a jail cell. He was in on a drunken disorder. No, no. Yeah. And uh, there's some debate as to, you know, because it's 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 called a suicide. It's been labeled suicide. Mm. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that. However, nothing's ever going to be done. A, a tragic loss. Um, he had really started to straighten out his drinking. You know, he, he, these guys were all fucking boozers to the bone back then. And he, you know, chief among them, he was, he was hard. On the bottle, man. No bullshit. But in 85, he did uh, uh, some great stuff with Lonnie Mack. And uh, I can't remember the other guy. They did a show at Carnegie Hall that is just incredible. I actually have the uh, the movie itself. I have, like, all three parts, each each uh, person's individual set from Carnegie Hall. I'm going to be going through that uh, in the coming weeks, sift out some stuff. There's just some great stuff. And thank God Alligator Records... Um, dragged him back kind of out of retirement, dragged him, dragged Lonnie Mack. A lot of these guys brought them back. God bless Alligator Records in the 80s for doing that. Um, yeah, really got him back because he's, you know, he's like Lonnie Mack. I mean, you know, who, who recently passed away and was, was called the guitar player's guitar player. You know, you want Sustain. Everybody talks about Santana and King of Sustain. Mm -hmm. You want the King of Sustain? Roy Buchanan. 
that man and that album uh the first his first solo album you know that was john's blues the song that i played that's the one with all the great tracks on the messiah will come the sweet dreams uh pete's blues is on that as well okay. just a fantastic fantastic record if you're into guitar and you don't know that record then you're not really into guitar so pfft, okay yeah i said yeah yeah i said it i said it all I right it. kicking off the set <laughs> yeah, here's a man who never met a 64th note he didn't absolutely love. Greg Howe, this from his uh, very first CD, Introspection, uh, song's called Direct Injection. That is uh, That came out um, on Shrapnel Records, and Shrapnel was, uh, I, I may have spoken about this before, that was kind of the first record label that was kind of dedicated to, uh, to Shredders. They had, you know, okay. Paul Gilbert, Steve Lukather. Um, these guys, I mean, you know, and, and I think, uh, who else went on? I think Buckethead started out on that. Well, actually, mm-hmm. no, he started with, uh, Bootsy Collins, actually. Kind of was the first guy to put Buckethead in the studio, so. Another reason to love Bootsy Collins. Just, just another one. Yeah, another reason. I have some friends of mine just saw Parliament Funkadelic. Um, but, you know, the band now, it's like, you know, George Clinton can still get anybody he wants pretty much to play with him. And so they do it, so it's always a good show. So, my friend Neil just saw them up in New York just a couple of days ago. So, that was pretty cool. Hey, uh... I I got a special shout out. You know what? One of the cool things is I have, um, you know, the internet and Facebook and stuff like that has made finding people to a certain degree easier. Sure. And uh, I had a friend of mine. Too easy. Sometimes. Sometimes. (laughs) A friend of mine named Alexander Levin. And Alexander and I went to University of Vermont together. Um and he, we both lived in the same dorm our uh, sophomore and junior years. His his roommate Mark Nichols, nicknamed Heavy Metal, was our dorm president. That's kind of and there and his next door neighbor that year was or two doors excuse me two doors down from him was uh, uh, Trey Anastasia, uh, okay from Fish. So that was my that was my dorm my freshman year my my first semester junior year at University of Vermont and it was wild and. After that, Alex visited me uh, in New York. We went down to the uh, the Halloween uh, parade, which was in the in the village. Um, and one of the things I remember was, I can't whatever year it was. It was right after Melda Marcos and uh, Ferdinand Marcos had been like ousted from the Philippines, mm-hmm. and it was a whole thing. And there were these the the you know the costumes. You'll never see better costumes than you will at the Greenwich Village Halloween parade. The most creative, inventive. You know, political correctness goes right out the fucking window with these people. And thank God, okay, because they're willing to go places where the people in the heartland of the country are like, you can't sell that at Walmart. No, you can't. But you know what you can do? You can wear that shit at the Greenwich Village Parade. These guys, they were each one big shoe, and they were dressed up as a Mel DeMarcos' shoe collection. <laughs> they were, Very nice. Was, and, and I mean, you know, you're talking about gay guys. So they got the shoes right. Mm. Okay, they know every inch of that Manola Blahnik. Okay, no problem with that. And it was just great. And I was at that with him. And so over the years, lost touch with him. And I found out uh, basically sometime in the 90s, I knew, I, I discovered that he had moved. He had gotten in touch with me and had moved to Belize. He's an artist. Okay. And his dad was an artist. And Alex was getting, his dad was in jewelry. It's a lot of jewelry. He's from mm-hmm. Vermont, <clears throat> Verde Montaigne, the Green Mountain State. Mm. There you go. That's how it gets. That's how you get the term Vermont, Verde Montagne. It's uh, Green uh, Mountain I in see. French. Okay, Green Mountains. So um, I kind of lost touch with him, and he'd been in Belize. And I finally looked him up. I was out in Hawaii when I was living out in Hawaii. I looked him up and found him. I found he has a site where his artwork 
uh, is displayed. His name is Alexander Levin. You should buy his artwork because, I don't know, because he's my friend. And the artwork's pretty cool, man. He's, you know, he's a bit out there. Okay, Alex is a bit out there. Okay, because when I, when he finally, I, I, you know, about once a year, I like to shoot out an email to him, see if he'll get back to me. And so mm-hmm. this year, he did. This is very recent. It's the reason I played the Roy Buchanan, because we used to play that album a lot. You play the Messiah Will Never Come a lot. You're in college. It's okay. Just do the math on that one. Okay. And, um, you know, you can imagine what our condition, our condition was in mm-hmm. at that point. And so he got back to me. And Alex is off the grid, man. Because anybody who sends me back an email going, wow, you know, this email thing's really a great way of staying in touch with people if I can get a connection. He can tell he's not. <laughs> this is a guy who's not in. And he said, he's like, I'm not into technology. I'm not into this. You know, he, he checked out. He checked out. But a shout out to my friend, Alexander Levin. I, you know, this is one of those things. I told him, I said, you have no idea how much of a shit-eating grin I have on my face right now that you sent me back an email. And he's like, and, and his thing was like, you know, I'm surprised. I'm proud of you. I never thought you would, you know, knowing you as I did, I never thought you would ever leave New York City. Because I'm such a, you know, somebody was like, well, describe yourself. I said, well, first and foremost, I'm a New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, you know, I'm a New Yorker. And he was like, I'm proud of you for leaving there and all this stuff. And I, so I was telling him the 50,000 different places I've lived. I wrote him all down. He's like, holy shit, man. He's like, I just went to Belize and stayed. And he's in like the jungle in Belize, man. There's no bullshit. Wow. Okay. He's, he's out there. And I have friends of mine who are going to Belize soon. And so I, you know, I was thinking about it. I, I thought to myself, you know what? This probably isn't the right connection for them. Thinking, <laughs> you know, probably not. I, I would, you know, and look. The little guy he looks like a little garden gnome, but he's not to be trifled with. He's a guy, you know. But Alex, if you're out there and you're listening, I've got a big old shout out. I have a huge smile on my face that I have reconnected with my friend Alexander Levin. It's just, it just pleases me. Little these kinds of things, that and getting together with Debonair um, to be able to take that walk down memory lane. She had the cutest little like leotard dress oh, with okay. the CBGB logo on it. When we were on the boat, you know, and I, I did the soundboard for them at some point at CBGB's, I'm sure. Um, mm-hmm. as a matter of, because my recollection is of being in a cab, going up the Bowery and opening up the window just so I could throw up out of the window as we were cruising okay. up the Bowery. Because back in those days, nobody noticed when you did that. Now it's all hoity-toity. <laughs> but back then, you could, you know, throw up anywhere. Into, I mean, literally, the bathrooms at CBGB's, you could puke on the wall and people would go up. People would come in and go, hey, has Jello Biafri been doing artwork here again? <laughs> What's up? What's up with the new artwork? You know, 16 Dude. layers of like pen, piss, and vomit. And it's all considered abstract art. <laughs> it's abstract art in CBT. Uh, I loved those days. Those were, those were good old days. And so we, you know, it's great to take that walk. And now hooking up with my friend Alex, man, you know, you, you, you immediately shoot back down memory lane for me. So that pleased the crap out of me. Big, 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 big shout out to my mom, Faith Coleman. Um, I got to tell you, my trip to New York this time was punctuated by spending some time, some really good time with my mom and my cousin Michael as well, which was nice and cool. I hadn't seen him in a while. He's got an office now with the coolest. I took some pictures from up there. He's on the 20. The the office building itself only goes up to 20 floors. And in New York, they can build like one more floor, but you have to mm-hmm. walk up and he got it. I asked him who was in the office before. He said, you know, it's funny. You should ask me that because about two months after we got in here, he said, I got a collection notice for that was addressed to the previous tenant, which was the, uh, was the, uh, 
the Cabaret Society of America. Okay. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. The View yeah. is it's at fifty. It's at thirty uh, eighth and eighth. And so the View and he's got views going both ways. I have a he he gets to see he has a picture perfect view of the Empire State Building from about from floor about fifty awesome. all the way up. And then the other way, an unobstructed view currently. Currently, because it's New York, so who the fuck knows what they're going to rebuild? Right, any place, you know. They're they're building right next to him, but it'll take forever to get wherever it is. Unbelievable, unobstructed view, looking out over the Hudson River in New Jersey for perfect sunsets. I got a great picture of that, but I got to spend some great time with my mom, you know, on my birthday with the smoked fish, and then we went and saw uh, on Tuesday the the night before I left, we went and saw the play The Book of Mormon, which of course you know everybody says is the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's not. Hmm. Okay, let's just be clear on this. It's great. It's okay. a lot of fun. It really is. Totally worth your Broadway dollar. Totally worth your Broadway dollar. A very good show. And poignant. I mean, they, they really, mm-hmm. these guys, you know, Matt, Matt Groening and the rest of these, they get their point across. Okay, and they do it extremely well. And it's funny. And the music is good. And it's great. But people were making it out, like, for years. When it came out, I think, I think it first hit Broadway in 2011, to, somewhere in there. And uh, 10, 11, somewhere in there is one. I think it won the 2011 Tony Award for best every. It won like every award you can get for a musical. Mm-hmm. It won. It won them all. And my, my mom walked out and, you know, to one thing my mom said, she goes, look, make sure you bring shoes on this trip. And I said, I was like, well, she goes, when we're New Yorkers. We dress up to go to the theater. We're not going to be tourists wearing shorts and T-shirts to theater. We don't do that. We're New Yorkers. We dress properly when we go to Broadway. And so I did. Fucking A? Right. Fucking A, right. She's right. Your, She's right. You wore clean shorts? No, no, no. no. I did. I, 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 I looked the way my mother would want me to look in a situation like that. I've, I've, Made been, proud, did you? I've been to enough theater with my mom that I know what is and is not required attire. When it's, you know, and if it's off-Broadway, see, it's different, though. You go off Broadway, then there's a different level, and off off Broadway, okay, is even a different level. So when I went and saw, let's say, um, uh, what's the uh, Roger Corman thing? Uh, you know, feed me, Seymour, feed me. Oh, Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors. Thank you very much. I went and saw that off off Broadway. Okay, that's no problem. That's jeans and a T-shirt. But when you go down a great white way, all right, shoes, I'll follow khakis, shirt, the whole mm-hmm. thing. I loved it and. You know, we both walked out. We had the exact same opinion. Hey, that's a good play, but it ain't worth all the fucking hubbub they're making about it. I mean, because I've, I've been fortunate enough to have seen. I saw a chorus line with my mom. I saw, you know, all these great, you know, among the many great plays. But I think about the pajama game and hair and, like, you know, original probably, you know, some of the original Broadway productions from when I was a kid. You mm-hmm. know, my mom's always been involved in theater. So I had the, the good fortune of seeing this. And we both walked out with the exact same opinion. Exactly the same. Well, it's good, but it ain't, ain't everything... But my mom, ma, well done. I mean, I called her up. I said, you know, you, you know, this was like one of the better trips. I maybe the best trip I've had to New York since I moved away from New York in uh, two thousand. Great, you know. And yeah, I came back. Glad you we, had a good time. Yeah, I had a great time, and you know, it's just. And my mom's doing well too. You know, she had the fifth knee surgery and all that, and she's up. She walked to Zabar's. She like, yeah, I took a nice walk up to Zabar's. I was like, you're shitting me because it's. She's a 58th and 7th. Zaybar's 81st in Broadway. You know, in Broadway. Mm-hmm. So it's just shy of a mile, New York walking. It ain't no joke. That chick's 75 years old and just had knee surgery in October. So wow. right on, Mom. 
Yeah. Loving that action. That's that really of all the things when she said that she had walked up there and she was like, yeah, I was like, OK, because I went back, you know, because I was up there for a couple of weeks and I went back up again to help her because she's still, you know, mm-hmm. it takes months to get better at that. And now yeah. she's better. And so that pleases me greatly. And I had a great time. Yo, dude. Yeah. Bingo, bango, boingo. Going to finish it off. You know, I've been I went through some stuff and. There are a lot of songs that I just haven't gotten around to playing yet that, that I love and that we love. You know, we, we're rock and rollers. At the end of the day, we'll play a whole bunch of other shit. But what we really want to hear is, you know, just rock and roll. Just give me, just give me yeah. some rock and roll, baby. The, the rest of it, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I like it. Mm-hmm. But that last thing I just played, Samantha Fish, yeah. that thing. That was great. Yeah, listen to that all day. All day. Mm-hmm. All day. No problem. Finishing off with Little, little Feet. From one of the great live albums ever recorded, you know, Waiting for Columbus. One of the, in my opinion, one of the 10 best rock and roll live albums pro- recorded, let's say, prior to 1990. Okay? And, you know, you're talking about Frampton Comes Alive, Allman Brothers Live at Fillmore East, Song Remains the Same. It's in that category. It really is that good. Uh, it's Tower of Power horn section. Tower of Power just got signed. They're going to be playing the Tucson Jazz Festival. Mm-hmm. In January, out in Tucson, so they're playing. George Benson got signed to that, so you know my brother's one of the, the big shots for the Tucson Jazz Festival out there. So, getting some people. This is only the third year they're in it, and they've got they got names now. They got names showing up. So I think that's uh, you know shout out to my bro, bro, <laughs> getting it done. Awesome. Hey man, I'm gonna come back in two weeks. It's Labor Day. We're not sure if we're gonna do an on Labor Day show or we're gonna do one the day after. We'll figure that out, and I'll. Let everybody know. I'm going to come back in about two weeks. I'm going to try and do the exact same thing again, except just a little bit better. Hey, as always, for myself and Gramps Master Flash over here. See. There you go. As always, it is aloha and peace. Thanks and good night.
listening to SoFloRadio.com.